0: That is a duel from QMK
1: has done it again. What a goal by Tim Cahill. Oh, yeah. Thompson! Five goals for yeah. to Archie. from the league champion, do <laughs>
2: lose On 11.16, SEM,
3: the 4 Diego. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a uh, Wednesday night. Pretty cool, as Warren uh, told us in the weather. Hey, thanks to Finley on another fantastic show. And uh, great to see Troy Zantuck back in action before the Diego's and Jeff Polder as well. Uh, Finley's back tomorrow from 7. Vinny Venezuela is in the house. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, uh, Rodrigo. Hello, everyone. Warren looking very dapper tonight.
1: Is it just welcomes at this point, or just
3: welcomes? Because I've got a bit to say. No, don't go off script.
1: Hello, everyone, and I have. That's I a yellow know, card. That's a yellow okay. card. For you straight up. I know we don't do cheerios, but I've got one. Do, do it now. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, do it. Alex Bolino out there. I saw him today. Carlos knows him, and uh, blast from the past. And and can I say, no, you can He was starstruck <laughs> oh, come when he found out. <laughs> oh, please. He, when he found out somebody that he only knew in a professional capacity was somebody that he listened to on the train every Thursday morning via podcast. He was starstruck. And if there was all four of us there, I'm not (laughs) sure you could have knocked him over with a feather. But he loves victory. So I said I'd bag them as much as I can, and I will. But, uh, yeah, cheer cheer out to Alex.
3: Good on you, Warren. And Carlos
2: Alberto Diego, Good evening, well, Rodrigo, and good evening, Warren, and also Vinny Venezuela. Can I just say, in 23 years, Warren, have I Warren and I have had our moments uh, on air? And uh, but I'm going to dedicate this show to Warren tonight. Uh, Melbourne City, yes. There's no better team on the planet. Mm. You know, Timmy Cale, There's no better player on the planet. He's up there with Pele. He's up there with Messi. He's up there with Cristiano
0: Ronaldo.
3: Cruyff, kind of, yeah. De Stefano,
0: he's up there with DeStefano. I, I've said, Carlos, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a victory man, as you know, hmm. but I've said that uh, Super Tim yeah. is our very own Ibrahimovic. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm happy to... Yeah. Uh, and
2: absolutely, and Vinny, even more so since he retweeted one of your tweets on Monday. Good on you, Tim, for that. Oh, no, Thanks oh, for fantastic, that. Fantastic, hey? eh? I was pagging, must oh, be oh, that. No. That wasn't
1: very good. <laughs> Did we decide on a hot topic?
3: No, well, we we uh, don't didn't actually. No, do no, you want do you Go want on. my personal do hot topic? Now. Give Just, it to us.
1: I said that victory had a soft underbelly, mm-hmm. and you I did. don't know what it is now because fair income, it's a big big underbelly now. Okay, but I'm going to say shout out to all our Melbourne victory fans out there. Shout out to them, you know it's <laughs> it's humility, and you know. The love we have going both ways. And I just want to ask the question today. It's not the official hot topic, <laughs> but it's Warren's Melbourne City hot topic yeah. for the evening. Which Melbourne victory player would make the starting 11 of the current Melbourne City team? After, after two games, yeah. Please justify.
2: Next Tuesday night, there'll be Biggest Revenge, <laughs> and we'll be on on the Wednesday. Yeah, and you'll yeah. be eating... <laughs> Whatever, you, whatever yeah. you're spewing out right now, you'll be eating that. No, it's going to because happen, Because there's Warren. no, no, it'll be blood and guts. It'll be World War III next Tuesday night. And I'll tell you, half your players won't be able to play for the rest of the year because Kevin Muscat and his boys are going to fix them up. I can tell you. Not that I'm advocating violence No, at all. not at
3: all. No, I'm, not at all. Oh, I got there. in
2: trouble for the and Ibrahimovic right. claim of but violence. I'm not, I'm not advocating violence at all. But I'm telling you what. After 10 days of being hurt so much, they shut down, because we were trying to get musky, of course, we were... (laughs) Uh, JVS tonight, jo- John John Skip tonight, we we're trying to get Musk in the same show. They shut us down. Shut they're, us down. Lockdown. Their siege mentality.
0: They said we had data. Yeah, We've got uh, data to, to look over. Yeah
2: they've got they've got photos on their on their change room they've got Bruno Fornaroli,
0: Tim Cale and Warren Diego. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they apparently they had the sweeper keeper, must review. <laughs> that's true. That's stock point there, one. There's anger and it's
2: so early in the year Warren cock hoop It's too early to be cock hoop oh, I tell you.
1: No, no, it's never too early to be cock hoop It won't last, Warren. <laughs> again, again, it I won't say, last. again, I say, which Melbourne Victory player would currently make the starting 11 of Melbourne City? All right, Simple. Warren,
3: that is the hot topic tonight on 043398. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Warren's show. his <laughs> Warren show. Let's, him show. Let's so grant him that. Warren's yeah. gone for the hot topic tonight. Um, as Carlos said, we've got uh, John Van Skip coming up in about uh, well, five or six minutes' time. So looking forward to that. We uh, spoke to him earlier in the week and uh, said some interesting things and uh, looking forward to that.
1: Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on to talk about uh, the English Premier League. Warren? I was just going to say as a little trail of the interview without giving too much away, it's fair to say that he's a little bit better at keeping the lid on it mm. than I am. <laughs> just very quietly. He's, he's very, <laughs> very good at bad. that, isn't very he? Very good yeah. at that.
0: Ever, so, ever since you found out someone's listening to you on a podcast, someone that you met, you're very excited. No, he yeah.
1: wasn't actually. He didn't actually say he was listening to me. He said he was listening to Carlos. Because well, Carl hasn't been the
3: same podcast
2: you, as you, no, but
1: he gave me the sense that he felt that you were the Diego's, which I had to counsel him <laughs> on. But anyway, that's right.
3: <laughs> anyway, no, nine nine four two nine eleven sixteen. If you want to have a chat to the Diego's, please do so, um, boys. Let's get into the hot topic, and we've kind of already started talking about mm. the uh, you know the the derby, but we'll we'll keep talking about the derby. Melbourne City, of course, defeated Melbourne victory just in case you don't know four uh, one in front of you know a fairly decent crowd of over forty three thousand the derby what what does it really mean we 've had a bit of a joke, but what does it, what does it mean one for city in terms of how they play I mean, we 've got text here saying yep. city will not lose one game this year <laughs> that's paul a yeah, year, paul a 12 year member, even though they've been in the competition for yeah. um, how long you know, uh, about mm. five or six years whatever it is um, yep
2: anyway so um, what does it mean what's for them it, and what it does mean? it mean for victory? Uh, I think what all it's told me, Warren, mm-hmm. and, and the rest of the fans out there for Melbourne City, it's told me that you're not going to have too many of those lame efforts where you're just going to fall apart at the, at, the, at the moment of any pressure at all. Uh, you're, gonna, you're not, you're not going to be so brittle. But... Whether you're going to go on and, and dominate the competition on the back of one good performance against Melbourne Victory. A Melbourne Victory, by the way, that was uncompetitive on the weekend. And they won't have another game like that for a long time. They, just, they were just totally uncompetitive. And uh, it made it quite easy for a team to boss possession like they did. All we know about City is that they're going to be tougher to beat this year. For me, they've got to get over Perth Glory this week. Perth Glory are a damn good side, and they've probably been priming themselves up for this this game on Friday night. Now, if City do that to Perth Glory, uh, I'll start thinking twice about it. But all I know now is that they're going to be more resilient this year, Warren. They're going to be a little bit more of a backbone about them, and I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, for me, it was probably you come out of it with question marks. You Do you
1: believe what you see? And that is, do you believe what you see from both teams in terms of City's performance, can they be as good for as long as they need to be to win the title? And are Melbourne victory that bad or was it just one of those games? I think the way the the games have come out this week, with City playing Perth, it's a good test of can they be as good again? And Melbourne victory go to Adelaide. We know the traditional clash. And with Adelaide losing, really losing a game from the jaws of victory really last week, You're going to see whether victory can turn it around really quickly. And I would say we'll learn more maybe about the teams this week than maybe what we did in one game. And that's being as analytical as I can be as a Melbourne City
0: fan. I'll say this. (laughs) I'll say you you won. Why did you hog it moment away from things collapsing up that front end? As good as your front people are, there are egos. You know there are egos. (laughs) There are leather handbags from, you know, the finest boutiques in Europe. When Timmy scored the goal of the century. Yes. Beautiful on, goal, on, on, by on the on way. Sunday,
2: the goal you, of Timmy. the century. Off the, off the laces. Bruno took a bit long to get to him to celebrate. <laughs> he just took a little bit looking, too long. You're looking, always looking for a bit of uh, controversy. Know, I expected Bruno to be all over him like a cheap suit. No, he just took a... And he sort of, it was a bit of a... I don't know. It was it was one of those hesitant type hugs. I better go. My yeah, my agent said, yeah, "Be there." Absolutely. I, I, there's problems there, Warren. It's, it's only a, it's kind
0: of of
1: It's gonna implode. Know, I don't know what I don't know what you were able to do on your second date, but effectively it was only their second date. I'm I'm comfortable with the fact that he's respecting yep. Tim. By being a little bit hesitant, he's not going straight in there and invading his personal space. That will come with time. So yeah. I'm comfortable <laughs> with where they're at.
2: Hey, you know, I, I demand, by the way, I demand, thinking about the Timmy Kale cam, the Manny Musket cam. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, I, I, I where think was that? I that's a bad
2: idea. <laughs> I, and I, I tweeted Fox Sports Live. Actually, I think um, somebody mentioned that as yeah, well. Yeah, apparently uh, they said it was a help button. That's right. Yeah,
1: that's
0: right.
1: <laughs> I
2: was asking you you know, for
0: the,
1: If Fox still take that to its ultimate conclusion – you'd get a screen a bit like the opening scene of the Brady Bunch where it's just a whole lot of individual <laughs> players being tracked. Yep. And I agree. Manny Musket, Cam. I know. It wouldn't, it's it a great a game of, on the weekend. It'd be a lot of fouls.
0: A, great I, game. I want to see Lawrence Thomas, Thomas Cam, where he just watches the ball <laughs> go over him <laughs> when he's way off his line. Uh, yeah. so,
3: so is the FFA Cup match, uh, which happens uh, next Tuesday, the 25th yep. of October, um, is that, their chance for revenge. I mean, is that, is that, is that what they'll be talking you about? You
2: don't always get a chance within 10 days to sort out the worst performance of your life, almost. They were, they were so poor. And uh, i tell you, I, they, I don't think they're going to worry about whether they get to the final or not. They're, Musket's going to allow, he's going to give license to six of his players to be sent off. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. how tough they're going to be. Warren, that's going to test your yeah, boy's it resilience. It will test the it resilience, will. it will. Yeah. And no. they,
0: look, you can't leave anything on the... That Mascot will be saying to them, you don't leave anything on the park when yep. we play them again. You don't let them bully us around. You, you hold your ground. Yeah, absolutely. And you start with Lee Broxham because he's experienced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He knows. He's how, the hitman. He knows how to play. <laughs>
3: 11, yeah. 0433981116. Warren, just give us the hot topic again. The hot
1: topic is, right now, which Melbourne victory player would make the starting 11 of Melbourne City? Have that. we had any responses, Yeah, Rodrigo. we've had a few responses. We'll go through All those. positive? Mm,
3: yes, mostly. <laughs> mostly all positive. We'll come back to that. It's uh, 16 past 11. Earlier in the week, we spoke to the man uh, of the moment, really. Not, not Tim kale, but uh, his coach, John Van Skip, the Melbourne City coach. And um, I started by asking him if the club was, as the Dutch uh, say in their vernacular, cock-a-hoop.
4: Yeah, well, I... <laughs> it's it's uh, as you know it's it's always great uh to to win those kind of games and it's, it's something special but we also know that there's that there's the next game uh, in front of us and uh, so to be honest i was at in the office today already preparing um with my other staff members assistants and uh, looking forward to to the game against perth on friday
1: now, John Warren here. I'm the only <laughs> passionate, paid-up Melbourne City fan amongst us in, in the room. In fact, my daughters go. We're actually big fans, met you a couple of times and love Melbourne City. But Carlos Alberto Diego, is the, uh, he's the token Yoshi of the Diegos in yeah. terms of the fact that he's not prepared to commit. And he, he just says he loves the game. Can you just tell him a couple of reasons why he's got to jump on Melbourne City this year? Because to me... It's going to be a fun ride for the rest of the season.
4: The way that we want to play is, uh, is attractive, uh, having the ball, um, trying to entertain. But it's not that easy because there's always an opponent that tries to avoid that you're going to do that. So it's, uh, it's something that we work hard on. We, we, we try to improve and, um, and we, we just want to enjoy ourselves on the pitch. But saying that, it's, it's also knowing that we have to be prepared and fight. And, uh, and that's why come back we also need a lot of fans to support us because uh they uh, they can uh, they can lift us they can lift us to yeah to bring us to that extra extra level
0: John avini venezuela here i'm the uh, the victory fan um can i just uh, ask you about the formation changes and can you just lock one in please can you just, can you just stick to one it makes it a bit easier
4: uh, no no we look we're training on it um we had the, in the preseason, I think uh, we we uh, we used the, the preseason very good to to get in the the way that we want to play, and and we're still working on it because it's only early days, and and it's normal that um, yeah in that there are going to be good games and and, and games that we maybe not going to be dominating or playing as well, and and then it's important that you uh, that you can. Uh, have as a base the way that that you want to play and and how you have to put yourself onto the pitch. So that's I think that's the most important thing. When when it goes good, everybody seems to be playing and it, and it looks fluent, uh, fluid, and it looks like it's easy. But I don't think that's the case. There's a there's a thought process behind it, and within that, the players have a lot of freedom and and, cre- and they can use their creativity. But it's also um, they also have to have the discipline because before you know. Um, yeah, you can mess it up as well, and and then and then it's harder to get back into in, into what you really want to want to do. So it's and we're still in the early early phase of um, yeah of what we want. John, it's Carlos. Uh,
2: how much is your recruiting in the off season and maybe over the last two years uh, since the City Groups come in revolved around getting that type of character that that fights? So I've noticed that. In moments in the past, in in our last couple of seasons, when the team has been disappointing, maybe uncompetitive at times, uh, in your press conference you've alluded to the fact that the players need to instinctively be able to fight. doesn't matter what the situation is. You've picked up some fantastic... South Americans, and of course, Bruno Fornaroli uh, is a super competitor. You've got Collazo, you've got Brandon, and also uh, Timmy Cale himself in midfield, just throwing himself around. How much was the focus, not necessarily on talent and quality, but also on the fight and the character of players?
4: Um, we, looked, we looked very... Uh, actually, that was one of the main things, because the quality we had uh, in the past with some players as well, but then it lacked on, on other aspects, and um in the way that we had in mind to play it's important also that uh especially you know when you play up front you need players that can that can work and and be your first defenders and the other way around when when you you build up you have to have defenders that can defend but they are also uh, able to be your first attackers so it's it's uh, within that you need players that uh, yeah are are understanding the situation and then when things don't go maybe the way that it should go that that they can fight and they can they can make sure that uh maybe games that maybe don't go as fluid as we want that you still can get results and uh and i think we've we've looked at that we tried to get good players in with a good mentality and looking at the players that we've got in and the preseason that we we uh, have had uh, yeah we're very happy with kind of quality um, that we got in.
2: And, John, just to add on to that, you know, you get the Jimmy Kales of this world. Everyone talks about the great goals he scores and the, and the fact he's legendary in what he's done. But he's a real competitor. He throws himself around. He's thrown a couple of elbows around and a few late tackles on the weekend. Bruno Fornaroli is the same. How much does it matter that your leaders in the team, the big, big players, are very, very competitive for the rest of the team?
4: Uh, it's important because they... Um... They get um, you know the, the 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 headlines a lot of the time, but it's 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 very important also that um, yeah they they go up front um, in the games and, and show what what it means to be a professional player and that it's not all it's not only playing football and having the ball. That's of course the main thing that we want, but it's so much more: uh, being smart, know how to uh, to uh, win a game. Um, be mentally prepared to uh, to, to go into a game, knowing which which opponent you're playing against and what kind of players they have. Um, those players are are matured and they have experience, and and they bring that onto the pitch. and And the other the other players that maybe don't have um, that experience and still are in a different kind of process in their career, they easily then can can. Um, how do you say it, uh, get at their level because they're getting help of a few players that are uh, giving that quality, so they get to that quality quicker as well.
3: Here in the Fort Diego's, we're speaking with coach of Melbourne City, John Van Skip.
1: Now, John Warren here again. I'm, I suppose this question goes to what you were just saying. In the midst of going overseas and, and getting really exciting players in terms of Tim kale I don't know whether there were question marks, but going after a Manny Musket and a Josh Rose who are hardened professional fullbacks, who... You know what you're getting in the A League. They're competitive, they're absolutely committed. I mean, it must be good after experimenting with a lot of fullbacks, Jack Clisby, uh, Zulo, and the likes, to have those two guys who are just solid players. And will, you know what you're getting from them.
4: Yeah. Look, again, it's not it's not always that we change players because uh, we want we don't we're not happy, or it's, it's also sometimes that. Players want to leave themselves, or that we have to wait with uh, offering them a contract because we don't know exactly how things are going to look like with the salary cap, and then they can't wait and they choose to go to another club. So there there are different reasons. In in a salary cap, you have to be uh, creative, and um, and we got Michael Petrillo in, who's who's, uh, yeah, had a a massive role in in also in the recruitment of, uh, of of the players and. In the last phase, then you know the, we, as a coach,es come in to, to to decide which players we, we think are the best. And and going back to you, you, yeah, to many musket and, and and Josh Rose, they were they were players that were um, were available that we looked at and that we knew that they could bring um, experience. And, uh, and and I think that's something that we in the past. Uh, we, we lacked a bit in the back, so we, we tried to, to get some, some experience and, uh, and, and knowing also that they have a good, good mentality coming back to that. They've, they've showed, yeah, during their A League careers that they're very consistent. You can you can rely on them, and I think that's that's important. And, and then of course we still have other players that are still on their way, like Ivan Shranich. he's he He's been unlucky, but uh, there's another player, that's that's hopefully going to be. Uh, coming into the ranks of, uh, of playing. So, yeah, the competition is is there, and, and I think that's important to keep everybody on the front feet.
1: Now, you're going to play it down, John. I'm wearing my Melbourne City top for the whole of the week. <laughs> I don't care. I'm loud and proud this week. There's no doubt about it. But I'm interested in the psychology of Tuesday week when you play Melbourne victory again in an FFA Cup semi-final. I mean, you yeah. know you're going to focus on the Perth game before then, but... The psychology of that game changes around very significantly as far as favoritism, expectation, and this is a semi-final. Melbourne City fell at this hurdle last season against Perth away from home, and you had some issues around who you played and who you didn't. Have you already thought about how you're going to approach that game? Touch wood that all players get through this Perth game fit on on the on Friday night. No, and
4: I'm don't, I'm not going to think about it as well because Perth. <laughs> Third is the next game, and uh, and the players have to think about that as well, and and that's what we're focusing. That's why we were already in today to prepare everything to to make sure that we um, that we are um, with a, in a good headspace uh, for Friday, and uh, and that's the only thing that we're talking about. And that's I understand that that you want uh, to know, uh, but I'm not I'm not really not in a headspace now to to think and to talk about um, the next game of uh, in the Cup.
0: John, Vinny Venezuela, with the, the, the departure of Aaron Moy, I think a lot of City fans were probably concerned how that hole would be filled. Uh, Luke Bratton obviously has just taken the bull by the horns and has been fantastic. How soon or when did you know he was the player that would really uh, plug that gap?
4: Well, I, I said from the beginning aaron is aaron and he has his quality but we try to reinforce our squad totally to make it stronger and um and that's what i've said from the beginning you can you can't just say okay we're going to replace aaron because that's not possible because he has his, his his qualities but with the players that we we kept who have who have who have already you know the qualities that we know they're good and then adding to the to that the players that we got in um, we have a, a much stronger squad now than we have had uh, last year, and I think that's that's the most important thing. So everybody uh, can can get to a higher level because, as a squad, we um, yeah we're stronger.
3: It's a long season, John, um, and uh, now that you work for a big corporation, your management report this weekend must have been <laughs> much a much happier thing. <laughs>
4: That's how it works, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's how
3: it works. I know. That's how it works. Hey, really appreciate your time. You've been very generous tonight. Uh, great to talk to you. We haven't spoken to you for a little while, but uh, hope to speak to you again throughout the season and good luck um, over the next, uh, well, especially the, the next 10 days or so. Thanks for your time tonight.
4: Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, John.
3: There's John Van Skip, the coach of Melbourne City. That segment tonight was brought to you by the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. It starts in 2017 and it's open for enrolments now. Make sure you give them a call on 94098800, or go to their website. That's the Northern Football Academy Fantastic Facilities at St. Monica's College in Epping. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diegos on 1116 SEN. Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on this cool Wednesday night here with the Four Diego's on Melbourne's home of football, SEN 1116. Um, Hey, the John Van Skip uh, interview, you can catch the full interview on our podcast. Uh, Check out SoundCloud uh, forward slash Four Diego's. Um, and also we've got Mark Viduca mm. Socceroos series uh, flashback yeah. on uh, SoundCloud as well. That was, that's out.
2: an hour he spent with us, and I remember 2009 it was, guys, and we, you know, through friends and through a network of people, we offered, uh, we invited him, and we heard through people that he might turn up, <laughs> yes. and he turned up on a, on a Wednesday night at 11 o'clock, without us really knowing whether we should promote it or not, because we didn't know whether you was going to sign up. And he gave us one hour of the most honest and enlightening stuff. It was fantastic. You've got to listen to it. It's uh, one of our favourites in the last 23 years we've been doing radio.
3: Yeah, check us out on Twitter, at 4 um, and uh, or SoundCloud uh, forward slash 4 uh, Very, very interesting stuff. Hey, this segment's brought to you by Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts. If you... Um, they're recruiting right now. If you're mm. a young plumber or a plumber Warren? that wants a new challenge, give them a call on 1300 Best On or go to beston.net.au.
1: Apparently, you need to be qualified and you need to have more tools than just a plunger, Carlos. <laughs> yes. But if I did, plunger. if I had more tools, I was qualified, Yep, I'd be down to best On. Hmm. Pretty quickly, I tell you. And I reckon they'd take me on just I think they would be quietly. taking a few Melbourne Victory players at the yeah, moment. Actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, apprentice, a few yeah.
2: of them got flushed <laughs> down the toilet yeah, on I'm Friday I'm not sure what Scotty Is Galloway's the doing night. these <laughs> days. But, uh, <laughs> Scotty Galloway. I'm upset about Scotty yeah, Galloway. No. He, uh, yeah. he was the future. Hey, he was. He was. Hey, there was
3: a uh, an FFA Cup uh, semi-final tonight. Mm. Sydney FC defeated our Canberra Olympic uh, 3-0 and uh, put themselves into the FFA, FFA Cup. Grand final. You
1: said the the score line wasn't a fair indication of the game. No, no, no. I th- I thought that Canberra
3: were you know probably good for a goal tonight. I thought um you know Sydney FC were very professional and you know a- were always going to win the game. I thought, but uh, I thought Canberra were really plucky and uh, they they could have scored a goal. I thought there was a, a fair shout for a penalty handball penalty.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, Chris Beeth, yeah. Apparently a handball in Canberra yeah. is not the same as a handball in Sydney.
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's a fair point
3: Carlos. He was
2: so sharp, so quick to blow when there was a Canberra so-called handball, yeah. one of those ones where the ball just hits your hand.
1: That led to the goal.
2: Yeah, the of course yeah. goal? Dimitrievich's goal was a beauty. Was a nice. free kick from a, one of those handball free kicks, but suddenly it's almost Sydney could play basketball in their own penalty area. <laughs> yes. and he's not giving anything. But well, uh, I think he missed. Uh, he, he almost called double dribble, Carlos. <laughs> <too, laughs> you have to say. But look, to be fair, it was inter- actually it was quite an entertaining game. It was. Canberra showed a lot of pluck about them. That was really good. We like pluck here on the Fort Diego's. Uh, but they never really look like ever troubling Sydney. And as the, game was where, as the game was rolling on, I was just thinking, until we get a second division a national second division the that's... Void pro- is too that, big. ...that is professional. They've got to train, you know, full-time. So they've got to find the money to do that. We're, no, no, we're never really going to get a team in the NPL beating an A-League team at this time of the year. When the A-League teams are just getting into season... You know, I, I apologise. You know, we're getting all these uh, responses on the Voduka interview, which is fantastic on my phone. But... Uh, but at this time of the year when the A-League teams are you know, really primed and they're going into their season you know, week three, week four, and suddenly they're playing an NPL side that hasn't trained for three or four weeks and they're part-time anyway, it's just it's way too hard for... I, I just can't imagine a team going to beat... I, I think the golf has got bigger right. uh, you know, with the professionals of the A-League and the, and the NPL almost standing still. Well,
3: expansion has been put on the agenda, boys, and we really haven't fleshed this out a little bit. We've got about three or four minutes now, to talk about, talk about uh, you know, David Gallup has well and truly uh, put expansion on the, on the table in terms of the A-League, and Ange Postacoglu seems to be really uh, pushing the issue uh, in, you know, various media engagements that he's had recently and also in his book. But Warren, um, what do you think about this? You know, obviously, you know, expansion then potentially leads to promotion relegation uh, and, uh, you know, the TV networks are looking for a larger,
1: um, you know, a larger competition. I think... Um, I don't know whether it's a chicken or egg type of debate because I think, yes, should there be expansion? There should be. There's no doubt. But right now, without a more guaranteed revenue stream of some substantial amount, it's hard to know the economics and also to me, other than maybe a third team in Sydney in the southern part of Sydney, it's hard for me to work out where those expansion teams are going to be. I do know, and this is... Something. I do know that there is a, is there a, there's a properly formed group of people in Tasmania that are actually working towards a proposal for the A-League to have a team based in Tasmania, but I, it's hard to see the economics of that. And then you look at the other locations. Could there be a second team in Brisbane? You'd probably think not at this stage. Third team in Sydney, possibility. Third team in Melbourne, I don't know. Second team in Adelaide and Perth. It's hard
2: to work out where these teams are going to be. I've changed my mind completely about this. I used to think like you, Warren, but I'm just thinking, nah. Uh, there's so much of a call for expansion right now because uh, of the TV rights. They want bigger games. They want, t- you know, f- filled stadiums. They, put another team in Adelaide, you'll fill a derby. There's no question. West Adelaide versus Adelaide City events as many years ago used to get 20,000 people at Hindmarsh. Uh, you put another team in Perth, you'll fill it. I'm telling you, you'll fill it. These Derby's everywhere, okay? And uh, then you'll build the other... I mean, Central Coast and Newcastle. Well, Newcastle, if they get their act together... Newcastle we are a sleeping yeah, giant. I know, but they've got to get their act together. Yes. Central Coast, I think they're in real danger, and I don't have much sympathy for them if they don't get their act together. But Derby's everywhere. Another team in Brisbane... Not not in the Gold Coast, but another team in Brisbane, mm. right? And you'll start getting these derbies that everyone wants to enjoy. And I think that's where you'll generate that income from the derbies. And TV, by the way, free-to-air TV, want these. That's right. And that's what I was going to
3: say. Catch-22 because uh, free-to-air TV will invest. But, you know, the expansion of the A-League um, isn't going to happen for a couple of years. No, no, they're thought, talking
2: about as early as next year, you might have uh, at least one new team well, coming Well, because in.
3: the networks are demanding that's, it. Absolutely. they want more variety, and, and they want more product to put on, on their But they on their don't network. want
2: product like, for example, a Sunday game between no, Newcastle no, and not. Brisbane. They had, no. uh, what, I don't know what they had, but it seemed like they had 2,000 people there who were whispering all game. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it seemed like. So I, I think that, uh, I, I honestly think it's, you know, throw another team. It's got to be It's got to be. derbies are the things that will get big numbers and big talking points around them. And uh, whether it's Adelaide or Perth, you know, for me, let's bring in three or four teams in the next three years and put them in centres where there's already teams. It's going to take some significant investment. Uh, absolutely.
0: Well, that's right. It's going to take investment and then it's a question of sustainability because they've got a lot of ways to travel in, in this sort of A-League in terms of distances between in the away game. So there are lots of things to consider. I think it would, another team would work in Adelaide, but Adelaide, you know, when they're not playing at home, they're not always packing out Hindmarsh and that's 14,000.
2: But they'll pack it out for a Derby. Yeah. Video. I still remember West Adelaide, Adelaide twice City. twice a year, Carlos. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's true. But TV wants it. Free to wear TV want the derbies. Everyone I've spoken to, who's connected to any of the free to wear TV stations, nine, seven or 10, they're only interested in derbies And, Okay, now at the moment we've got the Melbourne and Sydney derbies are the biggest. Why not put another Adelaide team in, another Perth team, another Brisbane team? And I tell you, you'll get twenty thousand in a in a nice boutique stadium. But this, Carlos, to me, also
1: then becomes a discussion around a franchise, a completely new team, or then looking at the model. Not so much in Melbourne, okay, but in a, in a place like Adelaide or Perth, does the model then need to be around? an MPL team or an established club looking to make that step into the A league and being supported and then the discussion around you know non ethnic background and those
2: type of things come into it I think they just leave the whole it, I think the second division will look after that uh, without promotion and relegation so for you're, 10 years. you're talking about
3: expansion Exp- but, and also yeah, a second yeah, division. Yeah,
2: I, I think the second division has to be a 10-year project. If you want to be a team that's existing right now and you want to prove to everyone that you can be an A-League team, without promotion and relegation for 10 years, you apply for a second division. You've got to have a full-time roster going. You've got to run it like, a, like an A-League club. And in 10 years' time, you show us. Then you open up promotion and relegation. Well, That's club, what I reckon. The 10 clubs at the moment
3: have got a guarantee around promotion yeah. and relegation. Yeah. I don't know how long those are, but I know that they're long-term
2: That's right. Agreements. That's why I think prove yourself. I mean, if all these NPL clubs saying, open up, you know, give us a chance. Well, prove it. Over a 10-year period, build your clubs, build your support, build your infrastructure, build your investment in, the, in your club. Show us you can run a full-time program without falling over after three years. Drag Market your club properly. This is what killed the old NSL. So if you want to be a South Melbourne or Melbourne Knights, well, show us over a 10-year period in a full-time second division. You know, you're still playing in the FFA Cup. Um, and show us what you can do over that period of time. It might not be 10 years. It might be five or six years. But show us you can do it. And then we'll open up promotion relegation.
3: There is going to be promotion relegation one day. It will. And uh, it. I think it just adds so much. On this much. show as well. <laughs> there there <laughs> has been for 23 years. Did you know it was 23 years of... Uh, Football Radio uh, with the Diego's. Hey, bring in a Canberra and Tasmanian side, says Marie. Hey, Warren, it seems that uh, Berisha, uh, Jason Guerrier and uh, Marco Rojas are the only three players currently playing for victory that would make the Melbourne City side. That's Uh, your topic tonight.
1: I'd say doubtful. No, no, I think that... Well, Rojas, Rojas no. He'd play. Berisha, Fornaroli... You'd have Carl Valeri in your squad. You'd probably have Garrier before Manny Musket, maybe. But, yeah, look, I just think it's a really interesting debate and I think it's got to continue. And, look, I can, that is a scoop, but I can tell you there's
2: a properly formulated group of businessmen formulating... From Tassie? From Tassie. Well, I can tell you there's a group from outside Tassie who are looking to put a team in Tassie. So tell your mates in Tassie <laughs> they've got some competition.
0: They could have a derby.
2: Well, I could ring him now. Put him on well, the air. Not, no, no, no. Not, Let's do no, that I could off air. air. I'll organise discussion. If you
3: did that off air, I think. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's with Mike McGrath on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Dad,
5: are you sure you're as good as this
2: bloke? Yep, son. You know I don't like to brag, but I tanned his backside. Diego Maradona. Argentina versus Belgium. 1986 World Cup.
4: Could you, Maradona, going at them again. Brilliant run by Maradona. Fantastic goal. Unbelievable.
5: World class! My dad's a legend, even though he does exaggerate at times.
2: This has been a sad dad moment by the Four Diego's. On
3: 11.16 SEN, the Four Diego's. This segment brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Give Dom and the team a call on 1300 366 639. Tax Talk will look after your accounting needs and uh, will do your taxes in a timely manner at a fair price. So Tax Talk 1300 366 639. Hey, it's time now to go to the UK and catch up with Mike McGrath from The Sun newspaper. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the show.
5: Hi, thanks for having me on.
3: Mike, uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez, Vinny Venezuela, Carlos Alberto Diego and Warren Diego wants to ask the first question. Oh, yeah.
5: Mike
1: got up early, <laughs> tried to watch the game. It was Look, the Liverpool-Manchester United game was like being hit over the head with a piece of wet lettuce. It was very disappointing. Um, I'm just wondering if I can lay total responsibility at the hands of Jose Mourinho, who seems to be, I don't know... I'll say biasly, looking for pragmatism over style wherever he can. I think there's, what, one goal in the last three games and, and everything like that around Manchester United. Is he back to his tactically brilliant best? Or is it disappointing to see Man U get bullied in possession the way they did in that game?
5: I think that United would probably be pretty happy with, with the point there, particularly with how Liverpool potentially can play at Anfield um, so I think United they, they went into it not in great form and you know and De Gea had a great game and, and kept Liverpool out so I think in the in the grand scheme of things for United okay they didn't win that morale boosting win that they wanted but I think a point is is still a point away from home at, at Anfield and yeah so Jose I think no matter how much criticism he takes from it I think it would be job this week and then pick up kind of home points, um, you know, later on in the season.
0: Mike, Vinny, given that uh, Mourinho's made his name pretty much on sort of building a team from the from the back line and defending, is that something he can sort of get away with at Man U? Because brand Man U uh, demands sort of a very dynamic and, and, and sort of in-your-face sort of football.
5: Yeah, well, yeah. United are... Kind of, uh, they're known for their attacking from the from the from the Ferguson era. So I don't think that, but I think he also knows what his audience wants as well and what his fans want. And, and fans did turn on Van Hal very quickly when they saw that it was that it was really dire football. But I don't think Mourinho quite cut from the same cloth. I think he does have counter-attacking instincts, which would have been shown if they were given a chance on Monday. Um, so I don't think it's going to be boring football for the rest of the season, not with the players they have up front, Um, but it's very Mourinho-like to make sure that they are organised at the back, and I don't think that, as talent in their squad goes, the talent is all up front, so I think they do just have to be organised and and settle in with almost like six defenders, like they did on Monday, um, when they're playing better teams, uh, better attacking teams anyway.
2: Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, tell us about uh, Theo Walcott at the moment. What's happened to him? He's, uh, he's actually really exploded as a, a bloke who's almost showing the potential that we expected six or seven years ago. And he's playing some of his best football. But I did read some comments by Alan Shearer, and I think it might have been Jamie Carragher, or it was just some of the pundits who used to... Some of the greats of English football who are on TV who are still very, very critical of, uh, of the player he is and the fact that they doubt that he could probably be very, very consistent this year. Where's is, where is he at, according to yourself? And do you think he's really now got to the next level, finally, to show the sort of play that we all thought he could be, you know, almost six or seven years ago?
5: I, I don't think he's quite at the next level yet. Um, and why I say that is that he, I think he's scored goals either side of the international break. And then you watch him against Slovenia for England and you see that he's not taken a step up. Um, when he was needed, when Raheem Sterling was—that's what England required, and it wasn't quite there. I think there's—I re- think there's—I think he gets a bit of unfair criticism sometimes from from pundits. I was there when he scored the hat trick against Croatia, and he's never ever lived up to that. Um, I think he sometimes suffers from the fact that he was—he's he, a, a footballer who has learned football he actually wasn't a natural footballer. I think he played rugby more than football when he was younger, up to a teenager. And then he's used his speed and and the skills that he has in football. So he's almost not quite one of the old school like that. And I think people like Shearer, etc., are still waiting to see the absolute best of him, particularly in England, after after the hat-trick against Croatia, he's never done it. Um, since then, on the international level,
0: Michael, what are the stats on on uh, Walcott? Because you know, once he gets a purple patch, he, he it follows with an injury for the rest of the season.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, mean, I think when he missed the last World Cup, he was at a really, he was playing really well, and then got a serious knee injury, and he's suffered from shoulder injuries at, at the wrong time. He has been kind of beset by bad luck. There is obviously a player with great pace there and, and can be explosive and he has been a bit unfortunate and also, also I think he's been caught in between two two places really, where is he going to be the next Henri where he's going to be more or less a center forward, or is he where he's going to be right now and where I think he should stay, which is kind of on the on the wing, cutting in, making late runs, still getting goals but not being the main man in that central position.
3: Hey Mike, I want to talk about the Jekyll and Hyde of the English Premier League, Leicester City. They uh, you know, they really can't take a trick in the uh, Premier League, but um, you know they've they've won three out of three in uh, in Europe. They beat uh, FC Copenhagen one nil overnight. Uh, what do you make of that? And it must be really doing a uh, Claudio Ranieri's head in.
5: Yeah, well, I think history is repeating itself in in uh, in, a, in a way because Europe have not. You know, European top European teams, um, which Porto are, uh, um, and, and Copenhagen and Bridge are, are useful as well. They haven't faced uh, Leicester um, at all, so it is a total new thing for them. They're, they're you know, they're non-stop running. The way they try or drink water tries to control the midfield, and the way they defend, uh, the, the way they defend set pieces. Unfortunately for them, in the Premier League, the referees clamping down on holding at Penal, uh, in the penalty area for corners and set pieces has punished them more than anybody else. And I think it's pretty clear to see where their problems are. They're not defending like they were last season because so they're not allowed to. They're, they're fearing um, giving away a penalty. And also, Kante was about three players in one. So I think <laughs> they're, they're desperately missing, missing them. So I think they're doing what they're doing last season, but unfortunately, only in Europe.
3: Hey, Mike, uh, where are you off to this weekend?
5: I'm I'm off to the beach, actually. Oh, <laughs> I'm off this week. <laughs> where, where, my, what, pardon Brighton, my ignorance. Uh,
2: Brighton
1: Beach? Are you going south or
5: Cornwall? Going even further south, even further south than that. Um, uh, we, we're actually we're in um, Fort Ventura um, in the Canary Islands, so... Experience. It's really hot while it's quite grey in, in England. So <laughs> just one week off the football, you and could've... then um, and then I'll I'll be back on it on Saturday. Uh, on I'm oh, sorry on, on on Tuesday.
0: You could have confused Warren and told him you were going to a beach in Slovenia.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mike, thanks for your time. Enjoy enjoy your week off. We'll catch you next week.
5: Cheers, guys. Meet you soon.
3: There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. (laughs) On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for your company tonight. And uh, coming up after Diego's, the overnight crowd with uh, Scotty Cooney, Warren.
1: The Canary Islands are off the coast of Morocco, so there you go. I knew that without Googling it. Oh, well
3: (laughs) done there, Warren. It's a bit better than last week where you didn't know where Slovenia was. I still don't
2: know where Slovenia is. Just by St.
1: Albans. That's right.
3: Hey, round three of the A League. uh, We've got about 30 seconds. Uh, Melbourne City take on Perth Glory. And of course, the Diego's will be Mm, here on Friday night with the final whistle after the call um, of Melbourne City versus Glory. City, City, City. Danger game, though. Danger game. And uh, Melbourne victory go to Adelaide to take on Adelaide United. (gasps) This is a danger game. They
2: will
0: win. Good Draw. Victory will win. Draw. They'll win. It's a good game. Yeah, they'll win. Going there to watch victory win is fantastic. Yep. Draw. Hey, thanks for your company tonight.
3: Really appreciate it. Don't forget the Diego's are back on Friday night at 10 after the call of Melbourne City and, Mel- and Perth Glory with the final whistle. That's it for this week's show, so remember,
1: Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll be there. there? Wherever you samba, rumba and la bumba,
0: we'll be there. there? Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll be there. there? Wherever
3: gringos
1: play football,
3: we'll be there. We are the Four Diego's.